Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, the Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor. Just when advisors thought there were no more regulations they had to comply with, the senior manager regime has cropped up and they will have to comply with that uh, by the 9th of December. I'm here to talk with Chris Davies, the founder of Model Office, about some of the issues that that throws up and how they can go about complying with it. Hello, Chris. Hi, good to be here. Thank you very much for coming. Um, the first uh, issue I want to discuss with you is how you feel uh, advisors are getting on uh, with complying with the senior manager regime. Obviously, we're still D-Day, I suppose. Do you think it's on their radar? How do you think they're doing? Well, I certainly think it's on their radar. What you've had over certainly the last you know six months or so, at least, um, you've had lots of correspondence and, and papers from uh, the regulator in particular. The senior manager certification regime isn't new. Mm-hmm. It was really devised uh, to provide more accountability uh, to the uh, retail financial services sector uh, since the financial crisis uh, a decade ago or so. So the banks obviously in 2016 uh, implemented it and then you saw the insurers come under the scope in December last year. And now it's the final turn of the retail investment advisors, Mm -hmm. the financial advisors, financial planners to come under the scope. So um, I think there's, there's a general awareness uh, when it comes down to um, how well um, advisor firms are putting uh, the the regime into place, well, our latest survey we survey our uh, our users of our technology mm-hmm. once a year every year. Our latest benchmark survey basically says it's a third, a third, a third. A third are saying that they're okay, they've got it covered. Uh, a third are saying effectively, well, we we've kind of know about it and we need help. Mm-hmm. And a third are saying, what's the SMNCR? <laughs> uh, how much of a pickle are those? Uh, is that last group in? Um, how much time does it need to uh, does it take to sort of comply with it? Well, I think it's a good question. I think the the issue is, it's like anything. It's like, you know, we're, we're dealing with, you know, in many ways, human biases here, behavioural economics steps in. Because with any deadline um, mm. that, that comes through... The tendency is not to do anything until the the minute before the <laughs> deadline. Uh, the difference with this particular issue is a bit like the GDPR last year, um, is that the SMNCR is probably one of the biggest seismic shifts in uh, the regulatory space in a generation, certainly since I've joined the industry back in 1990. And the reason why that is, is that it's very much about the the firm and the people within the firm in the senior positions becoming the regulator. Mm. Um, so effectively, the, the levels of accountability for the responsibilities about having the right people in the right place with the right skills, with the right responsibilities is huge. Mm. And it's down to the, the firms and the people within those firms to get it right. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, it's a cultural issue. And therefore, as the, the firms need as much possible time to get to grips with the issues, to start to put a plan in place, and then to implement that plan, most importantly, without taking the business off the road. Mm. And then keep, you know, obviously being profitable and, and business as usual continuing. So that suggests that you think there's going to be quite a stark difference um, between pre-senior managers and certification regime and post-SM&CR um, in the way um, advisor businesses are actually run on a day-to-day basis. I would say yes um, in the sense that um, at the moment we have the proved persons regime Mm -hmm. um, 
And if you look at the proof person's regime in, in more ways than one, it was pretty much um, a good regime in, in the sense that it focused on fit and proper issues, um, making sure that there was a certain amount of accountability for individuals within the business, particularly people in in, in certain roles like CF10 roles, which are compliance officers and, and the like. But uh, what's really changing is is that the levels of accountability for the uh, senior roles, uh, so that those who are deemed as senior managers uh, within the business, the mm-hmm. the the level of um, certification, uh, which has to be uh, completed annually now and and basically evidenced on an ongoing basis, and then you've got the conduct rules, which kind of the two tiers of the conduct rules, the individual conduct rules and the senior management conduct rules. Um, they now um, have to infiltrate far deeper. So, uh, and and also, what you've got is a, is what we call a hard line of defence for businesses now, which is basically called reasonable steps that senior managers need and should take um, to ensure that any breaches that happen are catered for. So, mm. so really, the levels of accountability are changing dramatically, and it's not just a case of well, we've already got APA covered. Uh, the approved persons regime covered, so the 9th of December should be a breeze. It's not that. Uh, that's not going to be the case at all. Mm-hmm. So, what practical steps can advisors take at this stage towards complying with the regime? Okay, so uh, a big fan of practical planning points. We call them takeaways. I think the first thing is they need to understand how it applies to their firm. So, there's three uh, classifications of firms um, within the regime. You've got limited scope firms, um, which are the smaller uh, firms. Uh, sole mm-hmm. traders is a good example. Uh, you then got the core firms. Um, we call them in the, the in-betweeners. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they they sit in, in in their own middle ground, if you like. And then you've got the enhanced firms, the, the, the big firms out there, the banks and, and so forth. So they need to understand how they're classified first and foremost. And then they need to understand um, within that classification what affects them and what doesn't. Uh, affect them. So that's the first step they need to really look at from that perspective. Mm-hmm. The second step is then they really need to look at um, who's in the business and who does what and ideally map that out. And this is really uh, good practice, we call it, even though, for example, limited scope firms don't have to have what's called prescribed responsibilities for roles. They should be looking at, in a granular level, what any senior manager does within the business and evidence it. So evidence-based practice is going to be very, very important in this. Having the systems, the controls around, um, having, as I've said, the right people in the right place with the right skills is going to be crucial within the business. And then really you've got to look at, um, you know, people who's involved mm-hmm. uh, in, and, and design the project around that. So this isn't just because it's a people-based piece of regulation. It's a bit like the GDPR when we said, because uh, it's about data, it's not just the IT team. It's everybody. It affects everybody. You've got data controllers, you've got data processors. And it's the same thing with the SMNCR. It's not just HR, although HR really uh, is becoming a compliance department in this role. But it's it's compliance, it's it's HR, it's training, training and development, it's training and competency. It's all that and more. So that getting the team right is the next step. And then really, you've got to design a project as soon as possible and start to implement that project as soon as possible, so to make sure that you're going to get the business over the line by the 9th of December. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of your specialities is RegTech, obviously. The senior manager regime is a, 
a lot about culture and um, reporting lines. How can RegTech help in that sort of situation? The caveat I'll add, because I, I used to be an IF, IFA, a mm. financial advisor, and then I was a wealth manager for a number of years, um, is that technology isn't a panacea. Mm. So it's not going to be that silver bullet, but it's certainly technology that, you know, structured well is a great enabler platform. So to, to, to go on to, to your point there, um, what we see there is a need for in the industry is for firms to diagnostically assess where the business sits against rules and regulations, not just the SMCR, so MIFID II, IDD, suitability rules, PROD, product governance, the rest of it. Yeah. So they need to really assess where they currently are at a certain level. And then what they need is a, is a diagnostic assessment of where they actually are. So then they can look at any gaps that there are in that place. And most importantly, then have technology that can holistically assess, build a balanced scorecard, if you like, across all the roles, all the responsibilities, all the departments, so that then it can deliver actionable tasks, resources, templates about what to do next. So a good example of that is on our particular platform, what you can do is assess where you think you are on the SMCR. And if you're falling short, for example, in, in roles and responsibilities, um, the system then will, can um, deliver a template that firms can then apply straight away to the business going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on that issue of culture, um, that's been a big uh, topic for the FCA recently. How far do you think um, advice firms have to go on that? Well, culture pervades the whole business. And, you know, it's the old adage that yeah, it's, it's kind of like the glue um, to, to a functional business or dysfunctional business, so to speak, if the culture is dysfunctional. So the, there are two key areas to this that the regulator wants to, to see firms um, enact, which then will then create what we call constructive culture. The first area is competence. So that's evidencing the knowledge within the business about who knows what in the particular roles. Um, this is where statements of responsibility can be important. Uh, this is where the prescribed responsibilities uh, for the in- responsibility for that role is going to be important. Um, training, competence, fitness and propriety and all that. You've then got um, conduct, which is behaviour. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to, if you think about it, um, identify, measure, manage um, conduct and, and, and behaviour. But you need to now. So from that perspective, uh, firms then need to get show that the case they've got the finger on the pulse, if you like, for those two key areas, which is, um, which is as I say, is the competence and the conduct within the business. And if they've got that, you know, pretty much nailed down, then they can start to evidence, and on an ongoing basis, that they've got a constructive culture, and they can actually ensure that they're meeting all the rules, the regulations. Uh, around the SMNCR because the, the and the key product of that is that we found that the FCA produced a great paper in April last year called Five Conduct Risk Questions and I'd invite all listeners to to read that particular paper because what it does is it gives five key areas about what firms can do now to look at the culture in their business to make sure that it's functional and it showcases really good examples in that particular paper about uh, firms who've gone through the, the whole process of putting things in uh, in play to get a constructive culture and then you know hey presto they're also very profitable mm. and how widespread would you say a, a constructive culture was within the advice profession well i mean a lot of people knock the advice profession i think it's one of the one of the most crucial and you know rewarding professions in, in the marketplace um you know in the industry because what what you've what you've got is a great um, enabler you know um platform again using that phrase that um 
those advisors who are fully functional and doing great jobs, and there's many out there who are doing it, um, they get great, good outcomes, the much coveted outcomes, which is like the holy grail that the, the FCA want to see. Mm. All their clients are properly serviced. Uh, they're well aware of you know their, their, their own financial capability uh, and they know what their aspirations are and they, and they begin to realize how they can get there from a, a financial planning perspective. You know, there's always going to be the few bad apples, um, so to speak. And obviously, the you know the the recent stuff around the pension transfer market has has brought a few a bit of pieces of that to 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 meet the eye. But at the end of the day, I think when when you look at it, there's a lot of advice firms out there who are really well placed um, to serve their clients and to you know if they make it's really making tweaks and putting the right controls and systems in place around the SMCR. There'll be a really good, you know, state of play by certainly, you know, January two thousand twenty. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you very much, Chris. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. And for any more information on the senior managers and certification regime, visit uh, ftadvisor.com and tune in again next week. Thank you. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.